sometimes when people approach me, they do so in such a familiar way that I think I know them. Because they do it in such a way that like, hey, how's it? Hey, Justin, uh, how's it going? I saw... Um, right, they're familiar with you. So familiar. Somebody approached me once with that energy in New York and they said, um, hey, Justin, sorry to, uh, sorry to bother you, but I, I just have this issue when I hit Control-Alt-Delete uh, on my Mac. I, I can't seem to blah, blah, blah. It was some technical question about their computer and I, I was so thrown. I was so confused. And um, and I said, I... What, why are you I don't understand. I don't I don't really know anything about computers and, and they were like, aha, very funny. But seriously, when I do this, when I it's control out, I can't seem to get the thing and it was this technical question about computers and they I realized that they just assumed that I knew about computers because I played one in the uh, Apple P, the Mac PC. But you know what's campaign. funny about that? You know so little about computers mm-hmm. that you didn't even know that control alt delete is not a function that you perform on Macs. Oh, really? You, it's for PCs. Oh, okay. Well, then I. That's how little you know. <laughs> That's true. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. You're listening to Life is Short. I'm your computer illiterate host, Justin Long. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Ironically, computer illiterate. That's Brad humble bragging, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, I don't know. What's brag? I'm so paranoid about bragging. You're not computer illiterate. You are... Somebody said I brag on the You show. are barely literate, though, when it yeah. comes to computers. Oh, yeah, I can turn it on. You can check just... your email. Yes. Computers make me panic. They trigger me in a way that... Sorry, I should have introduced you. Um, That's okay. I'm with my more computer illiterate. Slightly more, but I don't know more. much. Yeah, they I trigger me in a way. Like, I hate... I, I Whenever... I, I'm always afraid something's gone wrong or... It's just technology in general, but like computers specifically is like I, I know so little about. And whenever I'm needing help from somebody and they're walking me through how to do something on a computer, there's always the point where either they mention it or I do, which is uh, – and, and they're like relieved that I have where I say, you know, this is ironic that I don't know anything because right. I did. And for those of you uh, wondering what I'm alluding to, I did these commercials for Apple, for Apple products for four years. Are you going to call them iconic? No, no. They were iconic, though. Yeah, I but will I, say. I, I can say, say it. Yeah, I can't. They say were. It. They, it was an iconic. I understand that it was commercial. I still um, can't say run. It. What, what, what would you say? Campaign. It was an iconic. It's weird. Com- I would say it's in the top ten most iconic commercial campaigns of all time. I mean, I, I know, maybe top five. It's funny. I can step back and objectively agree with you. I, I, but it's I can't say it out loud. But I can say it. They were iconic uh-huh. commercials, and it's also fair to say that you didn't get cast because of your expertise. <laughs> no, in, in the computer <laughs> world. No, in fact, it never came up in the um, when we were talking about doing them. They never asked. Uh, I think maybe they asked if I used uh, Apple computers. I th- maybe, and I think at the time I did. I know I did, um, but when I, I I remember getting my first Apple computer, which was before the campaigns. But um, I didn't have one in college. You know, I I, I used to have to use the I computers used to use the PC too. Well, no, until no. you started getting, they they would give you yeah. some free stuff, and then I'd give them. And to I you. was the beneficiary of that as well. But in college, I remember not having a computer. Did you have one in college? I, I used to have yes. to use the computer lab. Oh, really? And my roommate's computer. Well, which I wonder I was, why I got a computer. Yeah, huh. huh. I didn't have. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they were. Maybe they were just more convinced that I would use it. 
That's true. Yeah, they knew that I was like, I wasn't long for college. And like, why do you need a, a computer to do plays? It's kind of like what I was mostly concentrating on. So why are we talking about these commercials? Mm. I'll tell you why. Because your co-star in them is our guest today. Oh, yeah. John Hodgman is um, what a dear fr- after we did those of course we became very close doing them and you're gonna hear you're gonna hopefully our, our friendship will come across uh, he's just I I have to stop saying this he's one of the best he well he is one of the best he is right you agree yeah you've known him for a long time I don't too. say that willy no. nilly no, I off I guess sometimes I say it I don't say it willy nilly I'll say it willy <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do say it, I think too often, but he is, he, so he played PC in these iconic commercials. Mm -hmm. He's also, um, a great celebrated writer and actor. Very funny. He's a humorist. He's a humorist. He, I was going back looking for, um, I have to, you know, when I post about it on Instagram, I go and look for a good old photo if it's somebody that I've known. And I, I, the other day I was doing that for some guest, and I found so many. There's so many of me and Hodgman. Me, like, you know, because we'll get when we go out, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy a drink or two, and I get very touchy feely with him. I get very like handsy. He seems fun to touch. He's <laughs> he's fun to touch. There's so I found so many pictures of me like just all over him, like <laughs> kissing him and like all with my just hugging. Um, he is. He's fun to touch. Yeah. I just, I love doing those with him. And thank God, because we spent so much time together. Uh, thank God he turned out to be, you know, as great as he is, as fun to be around. So uh, hopefully, it. yeah, you guys will enjoy being around him in a way. And uh, you'll, you'll get a little taste of what I got to experience for four years doing those commercials. Uh, here it is, my catch up with my old PC pal. Not politically correct, yeah. I know you meant. Okay. Although he is very sensitive, uh, and he is just a really special, wonderful human being. I love him. Here he is, John Hodgman. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Dell TechFest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technology is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. If you're a fan of breathtaking, shocking, and sometimes sinister tales, then check out Audible's new collection of exclusive thrillers. It features captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances, so you feel like you're in the story. One title that's next on my list is called Trapdoor by J.P. Pomer. Uh, It's about five strangers, you know I love stories about strangers, who get held hostage in a cellar that's filling with water. water. And the whole thing's being live-streamed by a camera high above reach. Shorties, listen along with me. As an Audible member, you can get one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. That's audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. 
Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. Let's have a vow. Mm-hmm. Let us, even though we are both in front of our name brand computers <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> let us have a vow to not search up anything on the internet. Oh. If we don't know a thing or can't remember the name of a character in a movie or whatever. I like this. We just have to not know. Is this another part of the challenge? This would be more specific to us, that we not mention the product that shall not be named in this sentence. Uh, Can we see how long we can go without mentioning it? We're not going to mention the name brand of the computers we're using (laughs) till later in the show. That's a podcast technique called a tease. Oh, okay. Okay. At the very end of the show, we'll count down from... from three, and we'll both say what we remember was the name of the company we worked okay. for. <laughs> okay, the, we'll see if we both remember correctly. Obviously, we can't look it up. No, we can't. Okay. We just have to. Rem- <laughs> we just have to use our memory boxes. I was reading uh, vacation. Now, do you yeah, say vacation land? Vacation land. And I'm looking at your facial hair now, and I'm thinking about the stuff about your. You, you start the book off talking about your facial hair. It's so funny. Right now, you have because I remember when I first saw. I knew you so well as a barefaced person, as a big baby, <laughs> big round baby. <laughs> like head. A, there was a there was a Bunsen honeydew element, and there was yes. And I always thought of myself as having a beakerish element. So that I, I felt oh. was our charm in whatever those, whatever Ooh. we were doing together. Yeah. You know, and, and you would kind of keep an eye You're on right. me, you know, don't you think? Is this just Why a Why cur- didn't you bring up the beaker thing before? I thought I had, I'm, I just, I don't know. I assumed. I I feel like I would have, rem- I feel like I would have remembered that. I remember those days very well, very fun. Yeah, me too. Uh, and we definitely had a lot of buns. I, I definitely got some buns and honeydew cracks. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and then, you know, after I turned, uh, after I turned 40, uh-huh. I started experimenting with my facial hair because I know. you know I moved into my forties and I needed to announce to the world that I was that I that I am actually sexually repulsive and <laughs> not deserve physical affection anymore. As you say, you say in the book, it's really, it's really made me laugh. Um, but you had you had flirted Vaca- Vacation Land by John Vacation Hunt. Land. Uh, it's fair. It's, True stories from painful beaches. It's so good. Uh, when do you do you write when you're um, alone? Do you write when you're on vacation? Well, what happened was this. We had a wonderful time working for a name brand computer company <laughs> while I was also working for The Daily Show with John Stewart. And that was a one-two unexpected uh, and very happy punch that changed my life dramatically in the year 2006. And then by the, by the mid, whatever, 2010s, mm-hmm. the, the name brand computer company ads ended. I've been writing a series of books full of fake, humorous non-facts. Mm-hmm. That is what, what had gotten me the job on The Daily Show, because on The Daily Show, I played this right. Bunsen Honeydew-ish <laughs> version of myself, this know it all resident expert who was out of his mind. Right. The books I just want to say is called The Areas of My Expertise, and there are two of yeah. them, right? My first book of fake facts was The Areas of My Expertise, followed by More Information Than You Require, finally followed by uh, that is all, right. which came out in 2011 in the run-up to the 2012 Mayan calendar conspiracy that the world was going to end in 2012. Mm-hmm. We, they were off by, by eight, eight years. years. Yeah. <laughs> God. The world didn't end in 2012. And by 2013, I was like, oh, I'm now in my early 40s. The work that I was doing for the computer company is over. This trilogy, uh-huh. 
I like, I like to call it a trilogy uh-huh. books <laughs> is ended. I, you know, it's, it was one of those moments where you kind of take stock in your life. And I had been performing on stage material from the book for years. And I wanted to keep performing on stage. Mm. I decided Mike Birbiglia, the, the very, very, the very funny, famous yeah. storyteller, a very funny and decent person. And Birbiglia was telling stories on stage and in, a, in such a candid way. And I was like, oh, I, I like what he's doing. And I'd love to. He had suggested that I do what he did when he ran out. And he still does when he you know, works through a, a material mm-hmm. and then is done with it, is to, to build up new material. He would do a residency at Union Hall in, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, where I live. Uh-huh where I started doing a semi-secret show called Secret Society, just to give myself a deadline for something to say in front of an audience. And initially it started out very oddball and comedic and phony, like what I had been doing before. You mean with a persona, Um, with a a, a certain Yeah. Yeah. I dress up as Ayn Rand and perform (laughs) as Ayn Rand. (laughs) So she would enter, she would enter my body. I would, I would be for some reason wearing a, a frumpy blue dress. Oh, that wasn't connected to the Ayn Rand. Rand. Yeah, for some reason, I would I would be wearing a seventies era frumpy blue dress, <laughs> like the kind Ayn Rand used to wear when she would go on Phil Donahue. Well, incredible, incredible footage. Well, then it's yes. And then I would get up and and talk about uh, talk as Ayn Rand for a while, and then I would take the ukulele and I would sing as Ayn Rand. We're in the money. Is this all a joke? This is all true. This is all true. This is this was an act. You can look it up. You can look. Uh, I can't. Hodgman, Ayn Rand. I can't. Oh. I have to take your word for it. Okay. I'm not, the, the goal wasn't so that I could lie to you. The goal, anyway, okay. to test our, to test our metal, to test our brains. Uh-huh. A battle of wits. Yeah. That, well, no, just a fun, a, a friend around. Yeah, yeah. A, a fuck not around. A, a friendly wanna, fuck around. I don't want to battle my friend. Uh, that was the thing about the name brand computer ads. We were friends. Right. Even though I was constantly undermining you and angry. <laughs> And I was constantly telling you that I was better than you in a passive-aggressive way. I know, and you really hated I doing hated that. You were, because we had we were friends, isn't it? I know. And the and the characters were friends. I mean, it was it was Bernie, Bernie and Ert. Is it Bernie and Ert? Yes, Bernie and Ert. Yeah, well, well, I'd look it up uh, how to pronounce the famous it. characters from Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame. <laughs> I guess that was it. You know, and it, it's that we had established such a natural, f- good friendship. And funny enough, our dynamic was so really the opposite of uh, those characters. Certainly when it came to technology, you knew so much more about technology and and that, uh, you know, yet to be named product that we were selling than I did. And yet here I am, the know-it-all who's like, uh, who knows about this stuff and is supposed to be telling well, you about because, it. That's because you, because I was the nerd <laughs> and you were just the embodiment of cool. As far as and the name brand you know. computer that we were trying to, I'm not sure you understood the messaging that they were. <laughs> no, but I'm saying computer, <laughs> computer, computing back then was associated with businessmen and nerds. Yeah, yeah, and was not a part, not integrated into everyday lifestyle of young cool people. And that's what this name brand computer company was trying to change, and successfully, so successfully that. Um, they stopped doing the ads and then the- <laughs> right it's ironic the other thing that happened of course a year after we started the ads introduced a new product which was a phone and the phone has obviously changed our culture and our society dramatically and it really effed up my fortunes of being a lifelong <laughs> name brand computer company 
Pitchman. Yeah, Pitchman. Because the phone integrated itself into everybody's life exactly the way name brand computer company wanted to have it. And no one thought of it as a computer. They thought of it as they thought of it as a lifestyle tool. Right. And consequently, the company changed its emphasis onto these other things, especially since their primary competitor in the computer field had kind of dropped out of it. Or You're right, John. I mean, think about it. it they've become so integrated to the point where we're, we're now joking about not using it, about going right. maybe an hour and a half, two hours and not using it. You're saying it happened after. Did, didn't the phone come out while we were doing those uh, yet to be named? Yeah. Game? Yeah. Yes. And there was a time. I've been out there on Twitter every day since the last time we shot saying, I'm, put me back in, coach. Uh -huh. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and I think we've, it's well established, right? If it's not, we can establish it again that we would love to keep doing them. We would love to do more. Yeah. But... Or more or one or one million. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Yeah. I still have the glasses that I wore because these were my frames. I uh -huh. bought these Jeffrey Dahmer-esque frames. Oh, yeah. Look at that. John's putting them on right now. In the other room, I still have the vans that uh, they gave me, you know, those slip-on ones. Oh, yeah, right? Incredible team, incredible fun. So much of it was because it was just this white expanse. It was this, you know, we were in front of this void. It was, for the most part, um, technical setups, like setting up the camp. So it was just, we would just stay there. So there's so much yeah. time in between just shooting the shit. And um, yeah, we would just hang out and talk and have fun. And, yeah. And, you know, for, for, for a stretch of time, right? between takes and they would set up these big technical takes and, and rigs and stuff. So there was a lot of mm -hmm. downtime. Surprisingly, people we, might not think that because it was so simple. I mean, the concept yeah, was so no. simple, but there were like technically, that's Phil's doing, Phil Morrison. There was, there was a lot more uh, involved technically, I think. Particularly the first, the first round, <clears throat> Phil and the team would shoot from different angles. Mm -hmm. So there there would That's be right. the, the sync. We each have our own cameras That's and then right. the wide camera of both of us. But then we would go and film it over the shoulder, over each other's That's shoulders. Right. They, they got more efficient with that stuff, the coverage. They're like, no one wants to see these guys' shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about, it's not, yeah. not a shoulder thing. And in fact, we don't need all the close ups. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just shoot straight on. Uh -huh. Everyone knows what this is. Uh -huh. <laughs> but if, if humans were to go, on the internet, not right now, obviously, because yeah. we're here together, of course, being present and mindful in space. And people listening are riveted, so they're not going to want to do anything else now. Yeah, and also maybe you're driving your car. You don't want to take out your phone and start looking up old name brand computer ads. Right. <laughs> right. But if you look at the very first ones, because they're you know they're collected on different websites and stuff. Um, they're very they they have this weird the, the weird over the shoulder angle that you never see again. A little bit. That's, that's right. That's right. But for a long time, there were no there were no smartphones, uh, and so we would actually chat and talk. Mm -hmm. Oh God, that's. And then sad. they introduced the, and then they introduced the name brand computer phone, and then, you know, gradually everyone got one, and everyone was using it between takes, yeah. and everyone was, you know, it was, it was yeah. very different. But oh my God, but, so yeah, coincided. Almost, yeah, yeah, perhaps violating the NDA. Please forgive me, Tim Cook. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> But I, rem I remember that they filmed a lot more, as you know, Justin, than they aired. They tried a lot of different things out. There was a real shift socially in that environment in shooting those things once. The I this is ironic. It never occurred to me that once that. F now, of course, yeah. you see it played out to uh, not its end point, but like it certainly exploded in a way that uh, has just. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine society now without it. Once we were all able to. to 
send text messages mm -hmm. to each other about you behind your back. <laughs> in the mood of the set. Mm -hmm. We were just arranging parties. and uh, Well, you, we actually did have fun parties. There were fun rap parties on that thing. And there were. that's when the executives who, all of whom sat in the back of the, uh, of the set, they'd all sat in the back. We'd shoot in these big warehouses, uh, usually either in whatever. In, in professional acting, we call them sound stages. Sound st <laughs> right. What I call it they a warehouse. <laughs> warehouses. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. We were like, you know. We're in an abandoned factory. <laughs> like I can hear pigeons. Is this a problem? I can hear. It was like I an airport without the planes and all the people. And for and some the reason, gates. there's a there's a Camaro back there with its doors <laughs> off and the engine running. Is that why are we right. in an abandoned factory? What are all these? <laughs> like oh, this episode, this this series of ads is actually being directed by John Blue. So, guys. Do this in slow-mo while jumping with yeah, the gun? There were a lot of uh, uh, drums filled with various uh, waste That's right. <laughs> dripping. Um, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we shot sound stages. Thank shot you. Shot on sound stages like a professional production. That's right. It was quite professional looking. And um, yeah, and the creative team from Media Arts Lab. That's right. They were all in the back, right? They were all on their, in the back, in the back of yeah. this thing. And, and they were uh, they were all on their computers. I'm trying to... I'm trying to paint a picture of what it what it was like all on computers around a big kind of low to the ground um coffee table -y type thing as i recall they had cre they had created a a a, a workflow mm -hmm. a, a cool workflow space yeah yeah with leather couches and coffee tables and rugs yeah. and lamps yeah and they were all dressed a little bit like i was dressed a little bit like the uh, name yeah, brand computer were, that uh, embodiment all, they were all yeah they were all young uh, hep people yeah they were hep cats we call them now. Yeah. They were they, they were like, lit. They were they were California, California <clears throat> you know, cash cool. Yeah, right. And uh, by cash, I mean casual and cashmere, uh, like cashmere, yes, yes. cashmere, cashmere hoodies. Yeah, people know what you meant. They were the ones that were dictating the substance of the ads, really. Like making, whenever we wanted to make change, by, right? Making helpful suggestions, <laughs> for, for providing creative. Ideas. Right. I meant to say. They all seemed like they were plugged into some network uh, and, and mm -hmm. you know, not totally connected to what we were doing. But, they, but of course, they were and keeping an eye on everything. Um, and we were well, They just... were all back there doing their jobs remotely yeah. while we were filming and yeah. keeping an eye on the playback. And then they would throw notes to Phil and Phil would throw notes to us. And... Yeah. The most enjoyable aspects of, of those commercials to me would uh, be the banter between us, would be the, the interplay. And yeah. uh, in addition to the way they shot the aesthetics of those first few commercials, they also, as I recall, let us do a lot of ad-libbing. We, we yes. remember that? We were, got to play with each other a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I feel like that got in there a few times. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But I mean, they had they had a message that they had to get across. Exactly. Yeah. They, were, they were. I mean, that's another reason why it was fourteen hour days. Like, uh, Justin and I would like thirty five takes just for ourselves. <laughs> right. This, just to fill our way into this one. Right. Just to warm up. Uh, there may be something in there. I know you're not going to use it, but just for us. Um, yeah. But then I, uh, I I I remember at one of those rap parties. This is why I, I, it occurred to me to mention this at, the, at one of the mm -hmm. rap parties. I asked one of the executives. One of those mild-mannered, very kind executives on the computers who, who were now uh, a little bit inebriated, a little bit, uh, you know, it looser. It was a rap party. It was a rap party. Uh, I asked, and they're adults. They can have yeah, a Of party. course. I'm not judging them. I'm not uh, judge 
John Hodgman. Uh, I, I, podcast. <laughs> on Wednesdays? Wednesdays on Maximum Fun, right. wherever you get your podcast. Right. Judge John Hodgman. Right. Legacy podcast. Legacy. Legacy. Ten, ten years and counting. Okay. Legacy. Okay. okay. I'm no, I know Judge Johnny come lately. You know what I mean? I do. I, well, you're I've, been long, I've been here a long time. And you're glaring at me time. as you say. I've been in this podcast game a long time. <laughs> well, listen, seen... I, I know what you mean. We're going on almost two years now. What are you, a child? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but one of them said to me, I, I was a little disappointed because we mentioned all the ads we shot. And then, of course, the what one fifth of them that they'd air uh, were fun, were good. We liked them. But um, there were some that I, I just thought were so funny. And I'm not saying we were funny in them. Some we had great guest stars like Zach when Galifianakis was on. And Zach Galifianakis. Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. There were some that I mm-hmm. was like, God, these are great. And they ended up not airing them. <clears throat> and... Uh, I remember asking them just very frankly, like, hey, what's the deal with that? It may have been specifically about Zach's or like Rob Riggle or somebody who was like, mm-hmm. that was really great. Seth um, Morris. Seth Morris was, mm-hmm. although I think they did air Seth's, no? I don't they know. did air Seth's, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and they said to me, do you remember this? And this is something that I recently got, not got in trouble for, but it, it was taken well, out of why say it again? Why say it again? What's <laughs> happening? Look. I just want to say to whoever is listening from Name Brand Computer Company, I would love to do these ads with my friend Justin Long. I think we had, honestly, immediate, instant, uh, and and powerful comedic chemistry. Yeah. The likes, it's like lightning in a bottle. It comes along comes along once in a lifetime right. and i'm so grateful to work with him and look forward to doing so again soon Likewise. but if he talks his way out of this job i will <laughs> throw me the bus. i do not yeah i'm just yeah, I'll, drive, I'll drive the bus there's, sorry <laughs> there's jason ritter there's joe gordon levitt i'm disposable um you uh oh yeah are you accusing me of killing those guys no no of potentially killing me and then oh. uh, working out a backroom deal with them to replace me. Okay. Um, anyway, I, yeah, the point is they, yeah, you're right. They were fun and it was chemistry, the likes of which the world's never seen. And I'm not, not lying since, when not I since say Bunsen that. Not Honeydew and Beaker. That's, well, it's true. Mm-hmm. Aside, yeah, I guess the world had seen it. So what did they say to you? So what did well, they say? They said, you would take it to them. Well, they said. I was too scared to ever stand up. I was on a weird fantasy job anyway. I wasn't, didn't belong there. You were, you were a trained actor. It, no, it wasn't a tisk-tisk. It wasn't like, what are you guys doing? It was, um, I mean, there may have been a little bit of like, it may have been slightly passive aggressive, but. Um, the one time I ever took an issue to them. Yeah. Where I felt like a, on a creative point mm-hmm. was involving Zach, who I had never met before. Oh, you had knew his Knew his work. Yeah. And yeah, we were both we, fans of we his. Mutual friends. Uh-huh. We we're huge fans. And um, Galifianakis he's he, talking about. Zach Galifianakis, the famous uh, comedian and actor. And he had he had just done a video for our future president, Kanye West, which was very, very funny. Uh-huh. That was so showed, good. That you yeah. showed me on your computer, I think, because I'm not yes. sure if we had phones. The one that he shot on his farm. It's a great video. Yeah, it's a great video. Uh, you don't, you don't, own, uh, you don't, call, you don't, what's the song? You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and... And, uh, you know, so Zach, right, is, is, is this never aired. Zach was playing Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Zach is being Zach. And, you know, he's got a very distinct comedic energy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, there was some conversation about, you know, how, how, to, how to sort of push Zach into a more conventional direction, I kind of feel like. 
Zach, which I understood. Was Zach, to my I, recollection, he was playing it um, dr- slightly drunk, right? He was like, play- <laughs> I think. Sure, yeah. Like yeah. an aggrieved, like, oh, I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, yeah. And everyone knew it was funny, but like they didn't, they couldn't figure out like, and there was some issue with regard to his his look, his beard, and and you know his his big red beard, uh-huh. and then they and then they powdered it white. That's right. To look more Santa Clausy, and they're like, that's not working. That's right. And I I overheard one of the creatives say to the other one, or maybe to Phil, or you know, I overheard and it's like, maybe we need to have him shave his beard. Would that be a look? And I'm, and that's when I stepped uh, in. Yeah. And I said. I cannot stand by. I've, I've held my piece, and I'm very grateful for this job. But I cannot stand by while you even discuss the shaving of one of the greatest beards in entertainment. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were right. And, and maybe for that reason, they uh, gave up on it, and they didn't air the end. I just remember it being <laughs> my, it. my grievance about it was that it was the first time that it was so c- clearly um, one that, that should have been aired. This, to me, was so clearly funny like really funny because it's Zach right. and now everyone knows how funny Zach is but at the time that was Phil's genius is that Phil was really tapped into like what yeah. was funny and and what the, the, the comedy scene the comedy scene yeah. yeah obviously you know Zach's brand as you say his energy his comedic energy was I think difficult for executives to to kind of embrace and yeah well you know the, the thing is that they weren't deciding which ads went on right well that's what they told us. me that's yeah. what they told me at this at this party. They said it's all coming from jobs. Yeah. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop in and uh, say hello from this beautiful resort right on the beach. <laughs> I'm actually here in the recording studio, Christian's it's Christian studio. Busted. I feel like I kind of am. I'm getting a little taste of the tropics because I've been enjoying Tropical Smoothie Cafe's new chia oatmeal pudding bowl. Ooh, what's that one like? Well, I love chia seeds. I know they're really good for digestion. I think there's protein in there. So I, I want to find ways to, to eat more of them. Um, and, but this one also combines coconut milk, which I love, nice, creamy, healthy without the, uh, the dairy, and steel-cut oats, which um, also healthy, topped with um, chobani. It gets more protein protein with a Greek yogurt, some fresh blueberries, sliced banana, granola, more chia seeds, and and honey. Ooh, so I, I a little try, bit of sweet. It's good. I, I'd like to try that one. I, I've had the acai bowl, which is very delicious. It's Ooh. it's acai base. I see. Um, fresh strawberries, blueberries, sliced banana, some coconut, granola, Ooh. chia seeds. So get on Tropic Time now as you savor a new Tropic Bowl from your local Tropical Smoothie Cafe. For all the shorties that want voluminous, fanned-out lashes, this ad is for you. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara creates corner-to-corner panoramic lash volume. Their tapered brush catches every single lash, even those pesky corner lashes. You know who you are, corner lashes. With the Panorama Mascara, you'll easily achieve that effortless, false lashes look. It's one of Christian's favorite looks. Plus, it lasts up to 24 hours and is clump and flake resistant. And just when you thought it couldn't get better, it does. The Panorama Mascara is a lot more affordable than other Lux mascaras. 
And honestly, it probably does a better job. It's affordable, but it's deceptive because it comes in a premium gold luxe packaging. So if you want a mascara that can do it all, volumize, lengthen, and stay put all day, you can buy the Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. Did you ever get the chance to meet him? No. No. I was so nervous about everything. You know, I had I had written this book of goofy fake facts and it got me on the Daily Show and then it got me the audition for this ad. All and then I got the job and that all happened within about 5 months at the beginning of 2006. Mm. And I I was thrilled, and uh, thanks to you, Justin, and being so welcoming uh, and and awesome to work with, and Phil, and and all all the all the people from Media Arts Lab. I mean, I, I had a lot of support for someone who had just sort of wandered onto a set and didn't never had been in camera. I'd never been standing up in front of a camera before. I would never have known that you were, you seemed so seasoned as a as. Thank you. So I was terrified of losing the job or that I would wake up and it wouldn't exist anymore. And, and everything that I'd ever made that mattered creatively in my life, I had made on something that Steve Jobs had made with his company, mm-hmm. which we've named now. Uh, I believe you did jokingly. I may Apple. have been talking over it, so it might still, but yeah. Okay. We, well, people yeah. might get sick, be sick of the bit by yeah. now. <laughs> so when the phone was about to come out, mm-hmm. I was at the Daily Show where I was working freelance, I would go in just to work on the episodes that I was on. So I would be there every other week or so for a few days. And uh, I was working on a Thursday or uh, or something or a Friday. And John Stewart came over and said, hey, guess who's coming in on Monday? Steve Jobs. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. Why? So he wants to show us the phone. I'm like, that's incredible. He's like, yeah, you should um, come meet him. And I was like, I don't, I don't know, John. I'm a little nervous about that. It's like, why? You work with him. I'm like, I've never met him. And, you know. He's seen so much of you. Because just to step in for a second, he would, for the audience, he would watch all of, it was his ultimate decision, which ads went and which ones didn't. So he didn't read the scripts beforehand because he felt like he needed to see them all. And in his genius, uh, he it worked. Whatever he was doing obviously worked. I just was super, st- I just was so afraid that. He'd just seen so it, much like, of John is the point. He'd seen so I, many of your, your works. So many, so many of my, my pasty body parts. Yeah. There was, <laughs> there was one when I was in a hospital nightgown, which yeah. was very revealing. I remember. And he'd seen me from all angles, but. You look I like you're in one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, John, I mean, I, what I felt was like, and I said to John, I said, you know, he's, He's coming here to see you. If he wanted to meet me, he could easily. Do you know? I don't want to crash mm. that. And he goes, no, 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 no. You work here. John was John is the greatest. So you work here, and here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we'll we'll page you while he's here, mm. and then you can come in. And I'm like, I'm still not sure. I don't want to be that guy who's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so, oh, I didn't know you were here. Yeah. yeah, that actor has a very specific name. He was in the Jack Benny show. Oh, yes. yes. God, see, John. We can't, we can't look at that. Win, uh, uh, Ed, Edwin. Yes. I don't think it's Edwin. <clears throat> anyway, you okay. think on that while All I right. tell this riveting tale. Wow, okay. So the riveting tale, well, anyway, I said, well, look, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know on, on Monday if I'm going to come in. 
And John's like, fine, well, that's whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable with, right? So Monday evening rolls around. And I'm telling this story to an acquaintance about how I, you know, I, all weekend I thought about it and I decided Steve Jobs can find me whenever he wants. And I have all the time in the world to meet Steve Jobs mm -hmm. because time is endless and we are immortal. <laughs> and he said, so you didn't go into the show? I'm like, no. And when I said that, I realized I had made the decision to not go into the show, but I had not told John. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. And I called the next day and spoke to Jen Flans, who is <laughs> still an executive producer of The Daily Show now with Trevor Noah. So I said, hi, Jen. Listen, I... Um, decided not to come in but i forgot to tell you she said oh i know uh, we were paging you oh no oh no yeah and i was just oh so... no isn't it awful oh, to, i'm sorry to pour salt in your wound but to imagine and which i'm sure you have steve jobs hearing your name over and over john hodgman page yeah. and just like waiting bueller bueller, bueller oh, for you. insulted yeah. and embarrassed Ugh. the two men <laughs> In this case, who had completely changed my life. Oh, God. Oh, God. I also wish I could have you seen know? you the next time you were around Jon Stewart, how profusely you oh. must have. Yeah. I apologized to Jon yeah. profusely. I was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. And, and he thought it was funny. And then Steve Jobs, you know, I got a phone in the, in the mail mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit early because yeah. I'm I'm sure yours will arrive any day now. But back in 2007, <laughs> I, I definitely was on that list. Oh, interesting. And I got this thing and it was, um, you know, I, I, I remember showing it to my friend Brett Martin and he said, what a world we live in. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I mean, mm. this, is it. this is the change, right? Mm. And uh, that evening I was on the phone and I had Steve's email because he had written me an email just saying congratulations on That's the ads right. early on. That's and I verified, right. I couldn't believe that it was him. And I verified and they're like, yeah, he does his own email. So yeah. I, so I sent him a little, a little email from my phone in my bed, like a thing that was unimaginable wow. the day before to me from yeah, my phone yeah. in my bed. I sent an email saying, thank you for sending me this and for changing my life, et cetera, et cetera. And then I put it down and I, I put my little head on the pillow, start to fall asleep. I was like, bing, I'm like, what, what's this? I have a new email, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Responding in real time. Oh my God. Thanks. What's your favorite ringtone? I'm like, oh. no. Uh, I was like, okay. Um, now I got to go through the ringtones and pick one. Yeah. Now I got to get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. And go to my <laughs> office because I can't, I can't, I can't thumb type this. I got to come up with some comedy for Steve Jobs. <laughs> right yeah, you now. can't just say bongos. That's yeah. it. Go to bed. I had uh, the crickets, you know, the, the sound of oh, crickets uh -huh. as the ringtone. And so I'm just, I don't want to lay it on too thick. I don't want to do a whole thing. I know what it's like to get five, five paragraph emails from Judge John Hodgman listeners. Love you, uh -huh. but keep it down to a sentence or two. But <laughs> so I'm like, I okay, keep it brief. Get in, get out. And so I say, uh, well, um, the, uh, my ringtone that I'm using right now is crickets and I like it a lot, but I may have to switch it because it's, it's a little confusing because I often walk around with hundreds and hundreds of crickets in my pockets. So I don't That's know. That's funny. That's great. <laughs> Came up with that. That's um, right. You come up with that at night. Good for you. Well, I mean, we were, I was younger then. And you had so probably I, had a shot of adrenaline that like, oh my God, I'm corresponding with Steve Jobs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Having to respond to Steve Jobs is the, 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 the hottest drug I've ever taken. 
So I hit send, and I'm and I'm walking back to my bed. I'm like, all right, I completed that communication cycle, as they say in a notorious new religious movement. And I'm about to get back in the bed. I was like, ding! Oh like, my god! Open up my phone. It's like Steve Jobs again. Come on, Steve. I'm trying to go to bed now. <laughs> this is great. And he wrote his his was LOL. No, it was um. It's the one that goes. Oh yeah, the kind of cosmic one. Yeah, I think it was called Rising. It's one of the old, the original. Is that still one? Oh, here I am. I just I turned on the. You're looking at. We're both looking. No, no. We can do that. We're not looking at a search engine. We're looking at our. That's right. We're looking at our devices, and now this podcast is going to be dead silence for 35 minutes while we catch up with. What is that? No, cosmic is. No, that's no, I cosmic. Think okay. I think it's one of the original. So you like this? Or you that's to, yeah. crickets is what I liked. I used to kind of like that. That, that one got tired. Ascend, ascending. That's what ascending. it was. Ascending. Yeah. Let's let's. That's his favorite. That was his favorite, huh? Yeah. Ascending. Wow. This isn't gonna. I don't remember this one. I had harp for a while. Who cares? It's far more interesting what he had. Ascending. Uh, yeah, so Ascending was, was Steve Jobs' jam. And, interesting. You know, I think about it a lot because obviously we never had a chance to meet, but very soon after that he you know, announced his cancer had oh, returned yeah, and, yeah. Um, and he died. So, hey, when you get a chance to meet someone who's important to your life, meet yeah. them. You hear That's that? Because like, life is short every Tuesdays. Oh, ah, I'm learning from the best. Wow. You <laughs> well, tied that right into well, the name of your podcast. I was, I'm learning from you. Point is, we, we learn every day, no matter, no matter how long we live, no matter how much experience we have. It is also a regret of mine um, not, not having met uh, Mr. Jobs. And not, I'm, you're lucky you even corresponded. He had sent me a similar email, and I remember thinking, how do I respond to this? How do I adequately respond and right. um i remember thinking we're gonna see him at that i thought we were gonna be doing a thing up up at alta uh, pa- palo alto do you remember oh. that there was talk of that us going up there and doing a presentation um and i remember thinking i'm gonna see him in person i'm gonna have it i'm gonna have the opportunity to say all this to him right. uh in email seems t- like trivial and i won't be able to express so i yeah. never wrote him it's scary. It's scary. scary. Yeah, it's the scary to talk are to really Steve high. Jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the respect I had for him was, um, and still is, uh, you know, immeasurable. Yeah. So um, it's a shame. But but we're lucky we got to do him, obviously, and and uh, we're lucky that uh, as as people who, on this earth that we got to have him for the time well, we did. Paul F. Tom- Paul F. Tompkins was also also played a Santa Claus. And, and oh was- yes, yes. He tells a story in his incredible show, Laboring Under Delusions. I encourage you to listen to the live from the Bell House version because you can hear me in the audience. Oh, you laughing? You, you, you're laughing or heckling? Well, I got really freaked out because <laughs> he, uh, he, it's a, it's a, the whole show is about various jobs that he had in his life, mm-hmm. including various retail jobs, including one where he worked in a novelty hat store in Philadelphia called Bats in the Belfry. 
Oh, I can and picture I, him saying that. I can hear him saying that. Yeah. Bats. He has such a great voice. That's right. He he really enunciates that's well. Right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. One time, one time I did my. That, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like a gentleman. Like an old. <laughs> yes, he's like an old right. entertainer, uh, like a carnival barker almost. One time I was at a, uh, uh, hanging out with Paul. And I and I did a little of Paul back to Paul, and uh-huh. Paul did not like it. Oh, really? Like, what, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just did. I just did a little of Paul. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh-huh. That's mm. great. Go on. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's I just. It was one of those things where you just hear like, oh, you hear a band, and you're like, this is my favorite band. Yes. It's and if you are a musician, you got to keep that out of your head. He tells a story I think that illustrates the feeling about Steve Jobs in a uh-huh. similar way, which is mm-hmm. when he was he had a, he had a role. A supporting role uh, in "There Will Be Blood," hmm. and Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, uh, you, uh, look, I don't have to use a search engine to know that he was also in the movie. I think that's right. He played. Um, I freak. Yeah, he, he had something. He, he had a role in this yeah. Paul Tompkins movie. So <laughs> he was Daniel a milkshake Day-Lewis. salesman. That's right. That's yeah. right. Paul F. Tom- Paul F. Tompkins tells a story about like, uh, you know, he, he knew that Daniel Day Lewis didn't break character on mm-hmm. set. And he also knew that he was f- famous for being intense. Yeah. And the way, basically what he says, no one told me he was the most intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know? And like walking, walking, working on a set with Daniel Day-Lewis, just sitting down, it, it was like, there's a, there's a, there's a jungle cat in the room. Oh my God. And, you, and it's freaking everybody out. Oh my God. And that's what, I mean, it's like, that's why when Steve Jobs emails you, you feel yeah. like you're getting... A, a, a telegram from a fictional character slash centaur. Yes. You know, and it's like, I don't, how yeah. do I, what could I possibly say back? I know, it's, it's like a postcard from Gandhi. You right. know, like, this can't be. It's also like, it's surreal to the point where you don't even know how to, yeah, I, I don't know where to begin formulating a, a response back, but you, yours, but you did it right, I think. I mean, in, in terms of getting that email. Well, and, I, got out of, I got out of bed. You got. You made the effort, as you I should. And the, so, I made the effort, which, by the way, during these times, getting out of bed is yeah, the supreme effort. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and like John, I know you regret not having met him, but um, how cool that that you connected at all in that way. And and he, yeah. I'm sure he was more than appreciative of your work because you were so great on those in those ads. You were just so funny, and and you gave so much to those things that uh, I'm I'm sure he really... Uh, you were good, uh, too. You were also good. No. no I just... Whatever. Really I Whatever. I loved it, and... and um, I'm, sure I, da- I'm sure Daddy loved both of us. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll our never da- know. You're right, right. Oh, well, well our stepdaddy was Phil, and I, I do know Phil loves both of us. We got That's Phil true. Morrison, the director, and we, we got to see him not that long ago. Well, now, of course, it seems like... Years ago, but everything I think was, feels like two thousand years ago. I know, I know. How, what's going? How is your family? Without being too specific, is everybody home? Is everybody there? Well, uh, so I, uh, I am uh, married, and I, my wife and I have two human children. Mm-hmm. Um, I am happy to talk about all of them, although I, I refuse to name my children or put them on social media primarily, that, so uh, to ensure that they, they do not get more famous than I am. <laughs> you said in the book, yeah, yeah I am concerned. I don't want to give them a leg up. I don't need any competition from the youth. Because <laughs> gonna, they would have more. Because I know your daughter, and she is very charming, and she, she would have more followers. In I mean, I would give it a week. Uh, yeah, that's you know, if you, were, if you were, if you were in public, I refer to her as Hajmina, and oh, I right. refer to my son as Hajmanillo. <laughs> my wife's name is Catherine. 
That's a real name. Uh-huh. It's a real, real name. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think back, you know, they were little, little, little kids when we started. And, you know, Hajmina is uh, now attending college at an unnamed four-year accredited institution in Southern Connecticut. Yeah, I remember you were very kind to come to a play I did a year and a half ago. And, That's uh, right. And you brought Hajmina, and she oh, was um, really sweet. Uh, and it blew my mind. I, I had, it was such an old, I've been having them uh, with uh, greater frequency, these old man moments. Um, and that was one, that was one that really stuck out where I, you know, when you're younger and like you run into older relatives and oh my God, and they're so incredulous by how big you've gotten. Right. And you think, okay, enough. I'm like, I, and I felt that way about Hajmina that she, I was like, yeah. I know you don't understand. I saw you when you were a little. Uh, I know. I know. It was so <laughs> sweet. And you came out after the show and. And I felt you because that's, I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a parent, you watched them grow up slowly. Yeah. It's like, it's like weight gain. Like you don't notice it happening. Yes. All of a sudden. Yes. You're four months into quarantine. It was weird how how when you came out after the play, you're like, uh, Hajmina, you've grown so much. And John, you really let yourself go. Like, but that's fair. (laughs) You know, that's the greatest thing in the world to, you know, you know, to go see a play, first of all, it's great. <laughs> to see your friend on stage and also, you know, uh, to be there with, you know, a, a person who's started out needing your help to yeah. learn about culture and now is teaching you things. It was, yeah, ter- wow. it was just terrific. And that was a well, great... That must be quite a moment, John, to have those. And I'm sure you have them all the time now, but um, to, to the, the, those moments of realization where they've, they're their own person now and they've, they're, they're autonomous. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's true from the moment they're born, right? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. That's the hard part. Like you can dress them up and stuff, but they're not your pets, and mm-hmm. you got to stay out of their way. I learned that from. Hear that, mom? Shows. Yeah. Um, what? By, by the way, Wendy, I love the shirt that Justin's wearing today. Good choice. <laughs> uh, but I will say, you know, to to what we were talking about, you know, Steve Jobs changed our lives dramatically in different ways, and yeah, and it, it, I do regret not meeting him but you know that lesson that uh life is short uh was very much brought home um by by you know his passing and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the fact that i i still even though by that time i was you know a parent i mean a parent not mm-hmm. as clear that i'm visible right but <laughs> a, par- a parent both yeah i was still tapped into some of that old immortality instinct yeah. You have yeah. when you're in your twenties or whatever, and well, especially with somebody, I'm grateful, I'm grateful for the lesson to be mindful of the moments that you're in. What has become of his legacy? Would you say um, the good A plus and bad. number one, 100 percent great. Uh, all the products are fantastic. <laughs> one thing that happened with the iPhone, not to be a a pitch a pitchman for Apple, mm-hmm. but people are concerned, obviously and understandably, about surveillance. Uh, uh, you know, the culture of surveillance that we live in. There are cameras everywhere, facial recognition, et cetera, et cetera. But the iPhone put a connected internet camera in so many hands all around the world. Until 2007, when the iPhone came out, it was still largely the province of fairly affluent, mostly white, nerdy and or businessy and or studenty people, right? Mm-hmm. The iPhone put a hand, the iPhone put a computer and the internet and a camera in the hands of more people than it ever had those things before in history. And a lot of those hands 
are non-white hands. And that's been incredible. Right. It's an incredible in dire need of transparency and some sort of tool yeah. uh, to reveal these injustices. Because surveillance yeah. goes both ways. Right. You know? That's true. For better, you know, however you feel about cameras everywhere, one thing is true is that the the pattern of uh, police violence against uh, non-white people, mm-hmm. black people particularly, is a pattern because mm. that was the big debate that was going on, which is, shouldn't even be a debate, but it still is like, is this a few bad apples or is this a pattern? And it was very comfortable until you see the video and you see the next video and you see the next video right. and you are forced to realize, unless you resist it, that it's not disconnected galaxies. There's stars that form a constellation, they form a picture, they form you know, a pattern and the pattern is violence. And yeah. And, and to a, a student of history such as yourself, this is probably not surprising. This is probably not something that is uh, revelatory. It's, first, it's... Of all, first of all, my major is in, in literary theory. So but, yes, but you know a lot about history, and and what I one of the reasons I love areas of my expertise that trilogy that trilogy excuse me yeah. is that um, there are uh, all of those uh, untruths that you those yarns that you spin there. They have a, a, there's a basis of, of truth yeah. in them. Yeah, even the the biggest lies have have to have some some they have to resonate off of a, a truth and and you know in areas of my expertise and and on the Daily Show too it would be like yeah you know the 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 gag the quote unquote joke would be that they call it, you know economics isn't called the dismal science because it's grim it's named for Sir Eustace Dismal the British economist who first proposed making smokestacks out of children during the <laughs> during the industrial revolution you know but that's see, a, that's a fun joke about child labor right, right. but see that's the thing it, it it's uh, the truth is that there there were such grim morbid aspects of child labor that that um joke is just shining a light it's what we, i've been talking about portlandia we had carrie brownstein on it's one of the reasons yeah. i love portlandia is because uh it doesn't it's it 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 only it leans slightly into the uh, the truth to, to make it absurd, but it, it highlights the absurdity of something that is already a truth that has already exists. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like the, the, there is absurdist humor, there's Dada humor, but mm-hmm. like in comedy, if someone just comes out and goes orange and then <laughs> flops on the stage. And then I don't know, like, that's just a non sequitur. Right. And yeah. I don't think any I don't think any form of creative communication, comedy or drama or whatever is going to truly make a connection unless you're showing something of yourself. That's true. That's true. You know, life could be a dream, sweetheart. Do, 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 when your work presentations and docs look good, you look good. Design stunning work presentations, docs whiteboards, and videos with Canva. Start with a designer-made template and use it as a springboard for your design. Add images, graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. If you feel like you have a lot of ideas, but it's hard to organize them into a succinct format, I can relate. Yeah, so when we're putting together a, a pitch deck for a movie idea that we have that we're currently working on, mm-hmm. We're not going to use an old-fashioned deck. We're going to use Canva so our deck really pops. It's a, it's a complete game changer. So presenting our creative ideas, it's going to be like never before. We're going to wow people 
with our decks. Wow any audience and finish your work faster. Start designing today at canva.com designed for work. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. Their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. That's probably why 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com long. Just go to Indeed.com long right now and support the show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com long. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. You always really downplayed any acting skill that you had, and um, I, it always confounded me because to me, you are such a present, natural actor, and what you were doing was so, you were finding success doing that. So uh, it never made sense to me. But then I started seeing you in. Uh, popping up in movies and television shows. And uh, are, have you now come to terms with the fact that you are an actor? <laughs> the moment I be- I came to terms with the fact that I'm an actor is precisely oh. when I stopped getting hired. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Right. You, well, before I mean, you had been I mean, like, look, I'm not an look, actor, but I'll do this part on board to death. And then they dry up and you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm an actor. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, funny. I mean, I, lo- I, I, I don't want to say past tense, but I mean, it's, it's certainly... During this particular well, time, yeah. it's harder than ever to get in front of a camera. But I love, I love it. And the only reason I downplayed my skills is that first of all, there are people m- much more skilled. But much yeah. like stand-up comedy, it's like I was not trained, nor did I come up through the traditional dues-paying process. I paid different dues in a different way. You were an editor for a long time, right? A, liter- a literary editor. Right? I was a literary agent, and then I was a, a magazine journalist. Is that what you wanted to do when you went to Yale? By the way, it must have been a thrill to just to get into Yale. Do you remember your parents? Were, were your parents... Why are you saying Yale? Yale. Yale. What am I saying? Yale. How do to, I... I'm, to, get into, to, to get into Yale... I'm, <laughs> am I giving you an extra get syllable? Into Yale. I was wondering if I had been pronouncing it wrong. Y-A-Y, first word, right? Yeah. And then E-L-L-E. Yay-L. It's it's a Um, university named after Superman's grandmother. That's for the Catholic Jarell and Yale. What what, what am I? It's Yale. I was born there. I should know this. You were born in Yale New Haven Hospital. I don't Yeah. I, I never told you this, but I was the doctor who delivered you. How could you not have told me that? That's... It's just I forgot. Were you just waiting till we were on a podcast together? No, I just forgot until just now. I just I finally oh, put it together. <laughs> well, you must oh, have delivered Wendy a lot of babies. Long, right? That's how I know you. <laughs> right, and Jim kept passing out. Jim. He kept muttering under his breath. Oh, I, not I, another one. I got to tell you, Jim, you didn't make much of an impression. I thought your name was Doug for half of the half of the labor. <laughs> anyway, I played so, a, I played an obstetrician on Baby Mama. So uh, that's doing. right, that's right. You did. Um, uh, when you were going to school there, you was it to become a writer? Was that always the, the dream? N- no, I didn't know. I didn't know what. And to give you a sense of how absurdly privileged was, I didn't think it mattered. I mean, mm. I, I was. I I grew up 
look, I, I, I have a lot of white privilege. But m- m- both of my parents came from very traditional working class Catholic families in mm-hmm. central Massachusetts and Philadelphia specifically, mm-hmm. not families with a lot, a lot of generational wealth. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of privilege I had, but I look the way I do. So for the most part, you know, American society has always treated me like a full human being. I'm like a, a baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, that round faced baby man <laughs> is disgusting, but he's a white guy. So we're going to give him a pass. He's still a full human being. We're not going to, we're not going to make him prove that he has a right to exist. <laughs> And I was an only child, yeah. so I had the benefit of, of mm. parents who, uh, my mom is no longer alive, but parents who, who loved each other and, and took care of each other and took care of me. I mean, that's the most incredible privilege of all, right? Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they, were, they were professionals. My mom was a, an RN. My dad worked in various business ventures, kind of a business white collar guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they saved money to send me to college so I didn't have loans, right? So wow. none of that sacrifice work made me think that I should direct my college education towards something. I just felt like, oh, the job is to go to this incredibly picturesque Disneyland of a college and have a great time and meet people and read books and flounce around. They never made you feel guilty or aware uh, of how much they had sacrificed. It it never felt like a it had been a burden. No, I tried to give the same privilege to my own children. It's like, you have your yeah. own lives. You go, you go do it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. My dad did say to me before I went to college, you can study whatever you want you can do whatever you want. I'm only asking you like at some point in college, just take one class in bookkeeping and accounting. Um, mm, you know, so learn, smart. learn how to, how to, how to, you know, do finance, like balance your finances, balance a checkbook, balance a, run a spreadsheet, write a business proposal perhaps. Cause he's a business guy and he, started as an accountant. That's the only thing that I would ask you to do. And I said, sure thing, dad. Nope. <laughs> Never oh, did it. No, really? Never did it. I totally went I would have said the same thing if my if Doug Long had given me that good advice. Yeah. Uh, I just swanned around I just swanned around reading interesting books and meeting interesting people. Yeah. And I I regret nothing. You know what I mean? Like I I uh, I thought that I might I mean I I, I got into books because books seemed important and meaningful and substantive and I wanted those I wanted to be interesting that way. Mm-hmm. But I always loved comedy and television and film. I was intimidated by a lot of what went on at Yale. And I, I covered up for my fear by refusing to be a joiner of anything. Uh-huh. So I felt much more comfortable just sitting in the library alone, reading books and hanging out with friends and stuff and making jokes. But I wasn't going to... Yeah. I wasn't going to join an improv group, right? Or I wasn't going to join a singing group or I wasn't going to audition for a play. More comfortable outside on the outside as an outsider. Well, because I was afraid they were going to tell me, I was afraid they were going to tell me no. I knew that that was going to happen. I was terrified that it would happen. And I tried to put it off. And only later in life did I appreciate like rejection and being rejected as part of life. And sometimes people aren't into what you're doing. And sometimes you're not going to get the job that you think is your perfect fate. I spent seven years at a literary agency it was my first job out of college. I loved my colleagues. I loved working in the world of books. I loved taking a nap on the leather sofa. But I knew that I wanted to do something creative, right? And I was scared to do it. Another thing that I write about in Vacation Land is my mom died. And that was a life is too short moment for me where I appreciated, oh, um, yeah. I have been away from my job at the literary agency taking care of my mom for months. And the world has gone on without me. We're all limited in our time here, and I don't want to work at a literary agency. And I was terrified that I would say, 
I was terrified that I would say this to my clients uh, and they would be mad at me for having wasted their time. But they're like, oh yeah, no, you go, mm-hmm. you go do the thing. I'm lucky that I had the opportunity to work for the Daily Show and for Apple, obviously, because it thrust me into these incredibly weird and uncomfortable situations. And you don't want to run from them. You want to embrace them. When the world offers you something that mm. gives you a chance to give something of yourself, you know, you should say yes, right? And mm. for a long time, because of the popularity of the ads and the Daily Show and the currency of those, both of those things, I was getting offers to do stuff like Jonathan Ames is an old friend of mine from the literary world of New York offered me a role in Bored to Death, which I loved. I got to kiss Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. on the beery lips. And then I was going on auditions, which I didn't, I'd never done before. And that is just pure immersion therapy yes. and rejection. Yes, yes. Well said. Getting back to Phil and the Apple commercials. Oops. Uh, Phil Morrison, I, I, now mm-hmm. it's like really hitting me. What a chance he took and, and for him to see that in you. and You're abs- I mean, yeah, Phil was the reason that I was in that room. And it wasn't until I knew, because I had auditioned once and it's, tr- I mean, you will understand it, but like it's, tr- it's truly an experience of true humiliation, routine psychological humiliation to be called in to go into a room and you feel like you're making a hostage you know. <laughs> video and they don't give you any feedback and you're looking into this dead camcorder circa 1989. You don't know who's ever going to look at it. You know already that you don't have the job. I mean, you're, if you're auditioning, you don't have the job. Because right. that means if you're smart enough, you know that they've offered this role to someone and they're waiting for you to hear that person says yes or no in the meantime. Right, right. Just the experience of just being bared yeah. in that way, it yeah. builds yeah. you, yeah. you know? Well, so... I couldn't like going into the first audition. I was just like, well, that was a weird mm. story to tell. And getting the call back, which was surprising mm. to me. I was still like, why am I here? What am I doing? And Phil was in the room and he said, I know you from the daily show. So I suggested you be here. And I'm like, then I know why I'm here. And that gave me a permission to really lean in and give everything mm. that I had. I don't, I don't want to make this too sewn together perfectly, but I am America's uh, greatest <laughs> storyteller. You know, all those times that I would, I wouldn't join in, join a group or, or, or join the play or, or audition for the thing or put myself out there for fear of failing. I remember that moment in that room being like, well, Phil's here. I know I'm here for a reason. And I know that reason is me. If I lose the role, it's because I don't give enough. I'm not going to get the role by holding back. Holding back out of fear, out of yeah. out of politeness, yeah. out of feeling like I don't belong here. Once yeah. I knew that I was there, that Phil wanted me there, and I was the reason that I was there, I was just like, I'm going to lean into this. And it's like PC starts beatboxing. And I remember Jonah Gavelber back in Brookline High School teaching me how to beatbox and hum at the same time. You know, like that, that was still a relatively novel thing to do in, in comedy and culture at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the, the lesson, like that's the say, say yes. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Don't go into the room and say no to yourself, say yes to yourself. And I allowed myself to accept that I wanted this job. I have to be a part of this. I have to learn how it works. I have to learn how to write these these desk bits. I have to learn how to collaborate with the writers on the daily show. I can't be precious. I have to, you know, let my jokes be shot down and not be hurt, learn how to audition and throw myself into it and not be afraid and not be ashamed. Well, I'm not telling uh, people anything they don't already know, but uh, I would say certainly on the Apple commercials, you, you 
you did that. I mean, you, you, you did that in a way that um, I always really admired. Uh, I was always a little jealous of you because you got to do the really fun. You got to do the, the goofy. I, did, I was the goofy. I was the goofy one. I mean, yeah. Beaker just goes meep, meep, meep. Right. 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 Bunsen Honeydew gets all the lines. He, and he, he often gets blown up. And I, I'm so grateful to Phil. I'm grateful to you for, um, for, for in that room, in that moment, learning that lesson. Because who knows who would have been cast. And it sounds, like just... you're, sounds, like, sounds like you're wrapping up. I got it. Message received. <laughs> Look, I got a family. I got to go home to dinner. I got you. Yeah, I'm grateful for you too. I love you very much. I, I love you too. Okay. okay. I would like to talk for another hour. But I know, I'm, me too. I I'm going to try to save face here and say I'm out of time, but really, <laughs> I could go. Can Can you just leave this Zoom open? Can we? I, I, God, I meant. Uh, I know. I love you. Uh, what is your most commonly used emoji? Martini glass. Oh yeah, no kidding. Okay. Cheers. Cheers with a martini. Uh, and, and that's to punctuate, uh, hey, can't wait to see you, something like that. Can't wait to have a martini. Okay. <laughs> Specific. Okay. If you could be a professional athlete, what sport would you play? Uh, a sport is like a um, a game with often you, with a ball or something like that. Yeah. Um, a strategy and points. Uh, team? John Stroke. Are we talking about? Are we talking about team sport? Or are we it would have about to be athletics. Something a sport that, of um, a solitary personal perfection, like um, if it's rock uh, climbing or painting. Yeah. It's, can you not think of a uh, sport that you <laughs> you? I can't. Tennis. Okay. Okay. There you go. Well. Well. No. But if you had to, if you had to be a professional. Okay. <laughs> okay, well maybe doubles. Maybe you play doubles. Cuz that's cuz you can you can it's kind of sedentary. Yeah, and, and you can sit. I mean in the, if you're playing right field or beautiful something. Beautiful parks. Yeah. Kind of hang. <laughs> okay. You okay. Know? Yeah. Um, but I like to I like tennis. I like I I move around. I get I get my snacks. Um if you could have one snack food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I know the drink, but what would you pair that that um what would I pair with a fine martini? Um, puffy Cheetos. Coffee Cheetos. Puffy. No, you know, not oh, the crunchy oh. Cheetos, but the... Oh, yeah. They make puffy ones now. Yeah, I like... Also, Planters Cheese Balls are good. I like oh. Utz, Utz brand. That's right. Dude. I like Utz. I like a lot of Utz. Yeah, I'm like thinking a... back now to, like, the craft service, because we had a lot of time to enjoy craft service, and we had yeah. a great craft service. Yeah. Uh, that's right. You you were always enjoying a moxie soda if they had them. I do enjoy moxie soda. I like every that. time I regional see a moxie, sodas. I think of you. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like, like that. It's yeah. like the fago of the Northeast, right? Or yeah. or the or the or the cheer wine of the Northeast. Oh, cheer wine! I don't know. Um, That's and then what South else? South Carolina. Uh, Diet Dr Pepper. Diet Dr Pepper. I like that. Uh, I like Diet Moxie. I like Diet sodas. Yeah. But uh, but snack wise, like a Jacks. Jack's. Jack's. Oh, yes, look. Good. oh, John, you would love uh, Pirate's Booty. Now makes a uh, a, a cheese oh. puff. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I could. Yeah, I could. I could fuck with that. Oh, you could. Uh, and it would. Yeah. Was, I think. I think you'd enjoy it because it's a little bit. It's. It's less chemically crazy salty tasting mm -hmm. than than a Jack's, but it's got the same satisfaction. You know that kind of cheesy, crunchy. Yeah. Delicious. I like a pork rind. I like a, oh, yeah. I like a, I like an Utz dark kettle, dark russet kettle chip. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Utz, those are all huh? snacks, but I guess probably I, I, number one with a bullet, like the one that I just can't, 
resist is a is a Cheeto of some kind, or you know what I mean, uh -huh. a, che a cheese. Yeah, puff. A cheese Cheeto puff. puff. A cheese, yeah. a puffed cheese, bright orange thing. Uh, I'm with you. Um, yeah, what's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Miller's Crossing is the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Love that movie. But I, yeah, I, that's, that's one I can, you know, it's a tough one. no one has a favorite. I know. Favorite. I, know. I, know. <laughs> I feel I'm like, judgment. no, I feel like if you, if you have a favorite movie, then maybe you don't like movies that much because if you yeah, really like movies, then they are a million different flavors. I mean, you have a, you have some touchstones that are meaningful mm -hmm. to you in different ways. Very, very good point. Uh, in, in quarantine, what's oh you've gotten to show your kids? Uh, Grey Gardens. That, Grey Gardens is one of my favorite movies. Jaws. Oh great, yeah. You know yeah, the Maisel Brothers. Jaws. Yeah, Maisel Brothers directed Jaws. It was a documentary about a shark. Uh. Right after they made <laughs> Grey Gardens, they went out. Uh, to, they went out to Marcus Jr. One Senior. of them passed away. Yeah, mysteriously. Uh, yeah, Grey Gardens. Um, yeah, I'm sure you like that, wouldn't you? I'm sure you like to cut that shark open, see the remains of these famous documentary makers all over this dock. <laughs> What's your name in the National Geographic? <laughs> that's really good. It's not a great Richard Dreyfuss impression. Is that Richard Dreyfuss? No, that's that's uh, Mayor the Vaughn. Mayor. Yeah, that's right. the actor whose name I can't remember, but is it crazy? Oh, just look it up. Um, if you could have, uh, if if you had to live somewhere else, where would it be? Maine. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, whom you've never met, who would they be? Uh, Steve Jobs. Got to make mm, it up yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> make it up. <laughs> Yeah. Well, finally, Steve. We... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Good news for you, Steve. St. To... Peter comes to him. Yeah. Sorry to drag you from the beyond. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Uh, so let's see. If, if I'm starting with Steve Jobs and as someone I've never met. Right. Or never had much. James Baldwin. Much James Baldwin. I think that oh, would be a yeah. good dinner. Good. That's pretty good so far. Boy. Somebody else. Just saw. I just was watching a bunch of his interviews on uh, Dick Cavett on YouTube. Uh, yeah, he's a fascinating. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you see him being interviewed, and it's like, well, we've always been here. Um, yeah, wow. uh, we got to do better. Yeah. We got to do better. Uh, yeah. not, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it is faced. Mm, wow. James Baldwin. I saw that on a sign outside of a, a, a vintage clothes store in, in Windsor Terrace. Uh, all right, and the third. Third guy. I'm, I'm not going to say you're wrong because we can't look it up, but that it does sound more like Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then someone I've never met. Oh, um, uh, Edith Bouvier Beale, younger, oh, the younger, the young, the young, yeah, little, little Edie. Yeah, that is. Uh, or Oct or Octavia Butler, the science fiction writer. Actually, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave little Edie alone. She's had her moment. I, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, who uh, who's your favorite Muppet? Speaking of Kermit, yeah, yeah. You were a Muppet guy growing up. Oh yeah, well, I was there. I first run. I was watching them as they yeah, came out. Yeah, da, 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 You know, um, I I I was offered a job on uh, season two of The Tick on Amazon, starring the oh. great, incredibly funny Peter Serafinowicz and the equally incredibly funny uh, Griffin Newman. They they had called me up as they always do when whenever I'm being thought about for a role or being offered a role, uh, will you shave? Cause you look terrible. And uh -huh. I have grown affection for this dead animal that's on my face. That's called uh -huh. a beard. Uh -huh. And I go, I would prefer not to. And there's often this sort of standoff uh -huh. until, you know, I, I give in. But in this case, uh -huh. in this case, I didn't give in. I was like, no, I really don't want to shave my beard. I think 
And so when I'm having my makeup done and I've shaved my beard down to look a little bit more tame, mm-hmm. Ben comes in and goes, and he was the one who asked me to shave initially. And, and he goes, and you know, um, sweetest guys, long, the tick TV show on Amazon is one of the great things that, that not enough people watch and I urge you to do it. Because, you know, we were thinking of you for this world because particularly this character, um, you know, I, I, this is part of the reason why I was suggesting you were shaved, but I understand you don't want to, it's fine. But in terms, and I don't want to tell you how to, I don't want to get in your head in terms of the performance, but when I was writing the character, I was kind of, I don't know if you ever watched The Muppet Show and I'm like, oh man, Bunsen and Honeydew. And he's like, yes! Oh. Like, yeah, I got you. I know exactly what you're going for. Like, like that was a note where it's like, no, I, I now snapped in on exactly what you uh-huh. want. I have snapped in on exactly what I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. even though I'm not shaven, I'm going to give you a whole lot of do, a whole lot uh-huh. of honeydew. Uh-huh. And if you watch me in season two of The Tick, I am doing, I'm doing Muppet hands the entire time. Oh, God, entire I got to see that. that entire- well, Bunsen, I think, was one of my favorites in part. Most of my favorite. When I think about my favorite Muppets, it's uh, like Swedish Chef. They were the ones that incorporated human hands. Didn't, didn't care for Swedish Chef because you saw the hands. That's what I liked. Yeah, I liked in the Bunsen hybrid. Honeydew, his hands were still that yellow, optic they yellow were, felt. Right, right. But Swedish Chef, those were those were Jim Henson's actual hands. But they weren't human hands. I mean, they, they were human hands. Fel- no. no, no, but they covered They do now, felt. but they didn't then. Oh, really? Look it in up. The beginning. Look it up. Oh, when no this podcast is over and you're allowed to use the internet again. Oh, I've so check many Check out some OG Swedish Chef clips. It's uh, it's not fun. It's not oh, fun to see. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Just hands. Um, uh, if you had to be one age for the rest of your life, physically, what would you pick? Uh, I would say uh, 44. Okay. Yeah. I was in are... terrific shape. I'm 49. Oh, I was in yeah. terrific shape in 2015. Why such great shape then? You know, I had changed my... I, I was exercising a lot. I was, mm-hmm. I was, con, uh, I, I had a cardio conditioned, uh, mm. and um, I just look back uh, at those photos, and I I had lost a uh, a lot of weight mm-hmm. uh, between twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it was it was just not eating so much all the time, and you know diet and exercise. Okay. And uh, everything was really clicking for me huh. in twenty fifteen, as well as I was not just physically in decent shape. But emotionally very happy as well, and uh-huh. and I am still, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I had I had the wisdom of of my years. I had the success that I had enjoyed. I was not aching, you know. That when people so when know. people reach middle age, that's often when they look back on their lives and and say, "I wish I had done X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z." Mm-hmm. And here I am now confronting the the very jaws of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am extremely lucky, um, as and as I suspect you are when you get even older. There are certain things, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, like um, I I I knew in 2015, as I know now, as I enter into my 50s, like I've I've done my life's work. Like I love what I created, yeah, and I yeah. and I don't have a regret about it. And I'm glad that I'm still able to do stuff. So I'm very very lucky to not face an abyss of of failure and regret. And I have that, mm. I had that feeling at 45, mm. excuse me, at 44 as a plus a fucking incredible body. <laughs> if you could be, uh, if you could be reincarnated as a non-human animal, uh, what would it be? Well, not any kind of fish or porpoise or anything. Cause that seems boring as F. 
a porpoise seems boring. They seem so, like they're having so much fun and no. jumping around. No. no, they're stuck. They breathe. Well, they breathe air, but they're stuck underwater. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Worst of both worlds. Also, <laughs> they're smart. They're not. They're not stupid. They they might have some existential dread. Yeah, they're really smart. Yeah. They're not. They're not dumb. They're not dumb like beluga whales. Pfft, stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, I don't like. I'd like to fly, but I don't want to. But I want to be a mammal. I don't want to be a bird. Be a bat. Oh, uh, the the wor uh, weird, ungainly looking creatures. Okay, cat. I'd be a cat. I'd be a cat. Be a cat. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm picturing you as a cat. It's really yep. funny. Yep. yep. Which um, which golden girl do you most identify with? Dorothy, Blanche, Rose, or Sophia? Which one is B. Arthur? That's Blanche. I'm sorry, Dorothy. Boy, what are you trying to sorry. trick me? Sorry. Think I'm that sorry. stupid? Sorry. I'm going to light up BuzzFeed? John Hodgman doesn't know the names of the Golden Girl characters. <laughs> he thought B. Arthur played Blanche. In this selectively edited podcast clip, we show that John Hodgman has lost the faith of America. Dorothy. No, Dorothy is, Dorothy is the, older, the oldest one. Yes, yes. B. B. Arthur. B. Arthur. B. Arthur. Yeah, I can see that. And then... And uh, dogs or cats? We answered that. I, uh, cats, I would say. In terms of being, yes. No, in or in terms of having, owning. I've only ever had cats. Uh -huh. um, Beatles or the Rolling Stones? If you had to pick one. Beatles. Okay. Do you have a song? A favorite song? Uh, I can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and uh, do you ever think about how you want to be remembered, uh, both as a as a performer, as a creative person, and uh, and as a yes. person, as... the wealthiest man on earth. <laughs> yeah, what a what a touching what a touching tribute. That's that the one be. thing I haven't accomplished yet. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, best of luck. I, I I think I would like to be remembered as um, uh, smart and kind. Two things that don't often go together. In my estimation, in my life, you're uh, one of the kindest, one of the smartest. You know how much I love you, and I'm going to talk about it on the show, um, but I really do. And, oh, was and, this just a pre-interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let me know when you're rolling on your end, and we'll get into it. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> I'm, I hope I gave you some uh, some points of entry there. So, so, <laughs> sounds gross. Um, uh, I, I do. I love you, and I, I'm so grateful that you did those commercials. Do you know and, uh, what the best thing about this difficult situation is that we get to see each other even though we can't be together, which is very nice. Yeah. And yeah. also you don't have to smell me because I forgot to shower and I, I can see it's bad. It's fairly bad. I, this is, I can see that you smell. Yeah, I know. That's how yeah. bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Justin, I love you very much. And it's so I great to you. spend time with you. And yeah, let's do some more spending time together in the future. We can. It doesn't have to be on a podcast. Um, I was suggesting I, that I be the permanent guest of this podcast. Right? Oh, Okay. Let me run that up the flagpole. Tell, uh, tell Christian uh, Hodgman. You know it doesn't pay. If, if your goal is to become the wealthiest person, it's not. It, you might have more difficulty achieving that. All right. How do I hit uh, leave meeting? <laughs> that just happened. Well, that, was that your Bunsen honeydew? Yeah. Oh. Was that good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Had you well, the, that just happened. Yes, that's right. Well, that, well, that just happened. Yes, be, I, I, I want to hear him again. Bunsen Honeydew. I, I haven't seen those in a while. But didn't it make... He looks and sounds like <laughs> it's him. It's amazing. He really leans into that when you were like, you know, you have a bit of a Bunsen Honey. He's like, oh, yes. 
Yeah. Well, most, most people wouldn't embrace that comparison. But he's so uh, so yeah. willingly. Mm. I really appreciate that he did that. I think part of why he was able to play PC so well is um, because he he has a realistic understanding of like what he right. looks like and what he and he played it to like such great effect. He's he, honest. He's honest, and he was able to be. Uh, he played that buffoon part really well. You do have a Bunsen Honeydew Beaker <laughs> dynamic. I. <laughs> I mean, more he, so off he's camera. He's way more Bunsen than you are Beaker. You're not that Beaker. Uh, I'm a little. I am more Beaker than I was in those commercials. See, in the commercials, I was playing a guy who kind of had their shit together and was like more confident about what they were saying. Certainly about computers. And right. Like I knew. You know, I was the, like the polar opposite in life. But um, our real life dynamic is a lot closer to a Beaker Bunsen Honeydew thing because he'd uh-huh. be like, "What are you talking about, right. Beaker?" You know, and I'd be like. Really frenetic and uh, oh, running I guess around, so. You know? Yeah, that makes me, sense. Me, 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 me. Uh, you know, and 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 I'll like tr- just try something without thinking about it too much. It's funny. I think one of the reasons those commercials were as successful as they were is because of the chemistry that you guys have. And I, I mean, f- from my perspective, from an audience perspective, it seemed like that was there right away. It was effective because you had this like perfectly antagonistic dynamic in uh-huh. those commercials because they were there was antagonism built into those spots. But there was like real f- friendship, you know. It was like um, uh. it was like uh, Laurel and Hardy, you know, where they're friends, but they're like always frustrated with Stanley. each other. Yeah, but, but you but you need both. Yeah, you know? it can't yeah. just be antagonistic because then it's like, why do I want to watch these guys who don't like each other? But because well, it's, it's like you love each all- other. Yeah, I, we had that right away. I mean, I felt that way about him. I'm trying to remember now when I first met him. We first started doing. I I think I just so respected you know you could tell he's smart and funny right away I mean, you've mm-hmm. met within like two minutes he is um just so clearly s- smart and funny um and i think i really respect those things and uh and he was nice to everyone i mean so those that combination it's rare. smart funny and nice it's rare that's a that's a good it's one a great, two three yeah and and when it's so apparent like with somebody like john it's you, you get all three of those things within you know and a warmth within like a few minutes of meeting him so I did to to, right. to your point. I, I liked him right away, and I wanted to. And he was good. And also, then it's like you get out there in front of the cameras, and and I realized that he was being subtle, and he was listening to me. And it was like, oh, thank God, I got a partner like this because, you know, I, it was my fear. I had such fear about doing those commercials. I thought I was afraid of being, you know, time to make the donuts or whatever it was like. Um, even though that guy's I'll talk about iconic. And to this day people still call you Mac. Yeah, yeah. And so there's so, I mean that stuck it did. to a degree. It did. And who knows how it affected movies and stuff like that with me. I you know, I I drive myself I could drive myself but nuts it, thinking about it. Allowed you to buy some pretty cool properties. Sure did. Yeah. And I got to meet John and I and and it did lead to some jobs. I know like I think Die Hard I think that's how Bruce was aware of me in Die Hard. Oh, really? Yeah. And it had a computer element to that, too. And so I think it led to, ah, who knows? But but it was um, right away. I, j- I just was so grateful that he was somebody I could play with. And, and it wasn't like, hey, hey, everyone, here's a uh, Mac computers are the best. And right. let me tell you why. And it was that thing they wanted me to do. The, hey, I'm, I'm a Mac. You know, they wanted me to deliver it like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've never told you this. No. Yeah, the, the first time we did. Why would they want that? That seems so they obviously want, annoying. Every direction was, and poor Phil Morrison, who, who we talk about, uh, Phil also has a very grounded, 
he, he likes comedy to be very, you know, real and grounded. And it was going against his instincts whenever the executives w- would come over and whisper in his ear. Uh, and, and Phil would go, okay, he, Justin, they, they want you to just be proud of being a Mac. And like, mm-hmm. so instead of, you know, I was just, I was trying to throw it away because mm-hmm. I wanted the whole thing to be as thrown away as possible. And you like, don't want to be smug. Smug. Because it, it, they're inherently smug. Yeah. Those, the, the spots are like, I'm better than you. So they wanted me to come out instead of saying, hello, I'm a Mac, just normal. They wanted me to say, hello, I'm a Mac. That's so strange that they would Proud. have that instinct. I know. It's amazing that he uh, had never acted before. He mm-hmm. And he talked about how nervous he was when he started doing them because he had no experience. But I never would have I know. guessed that. I know. He I, had such a uh, confidence about him. He and And... I know the I know his colleague had been offered the job before. I think he knows this, so mm-hmm. it's not a big reveal. I hope he knows it. I hope he does. Rob Cordry was was going to play that part, but then I heard Rob wanted to. I think Rob told me years later he wanted to play my part, hmm. so that's why he didn't do it. Doesn't he also seem like he would be funny in any era? Like <laughs> yes, like it's like an old timey <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I could picture him uh, entertaining Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, or like a, at a, a dinner king. party. Yeah. You know, like yes, yeah, like like Oscar Wilde. Yeah, he. I could see him getting along with Oscar Wilde. Oh. He, yeah, which also I think it it speaks to how I think a lot of comedy has fallen apart over the years and has become kind of crasser and cruder. That his brand of comedy, like super intellectual comedy, I think of as a more like old. Fashion I know. thing now. I you know. know. I know. Like with um, where he's able to play with language and he's a he, humor. I mean, he really a, is a humor. Yeah. He, yeah. Like when he in his book, when he he's he's really. It's funny to hear him talk about his facial hair. He's really eloquently funny about his facial hair. Uh, but he re- he references like I'm trying to I forget the president. I think I think Grover Cleveland or William Howard Taft. Mm-hmm. He, he references. Somebody who has that old timey. He's just so quick with historical Smart. references. Smart. Got a hell of a brain. Oh my God, yeah. A real Bunsen honeydew brain. Yes. That Steve Jobs story is great. I know. Um, I know. It's such a good story that he told. And it's crazy that you never met him. I know. And I, I didn't realize that he, um, that Steve Jobs saw all the oh. commercials. Oh, yeah. And yeah. picked the one. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No, so yeah. I. Can you imagine, like, he was so familiar with you uh-huh. and him, the two of you. I know. It's seen so much footage of you. Like, that That alone is crazy to wrap your head around. That someone like him, who's this this le- icon, I is know. so familiar with you, and then you never and met we're him. And we're so unfamiliar with him. I, I know him as a, obviously, you know, as a person in history, and, and in the context right. of, like, what the empire, the company he created and all that. But, uh... I know. I, I, I re- John talks about his own regret, but I, I have my own too. I mean, I w- would love to have met him. I laughed so hard when uh, when you asked what sport he'd uh, want to play professionally. He said, "Well, I guess I'd rather be on a team because then I wouldn't have to play as much." Yes, yes. I really like the way his brain works. I know. Me he too. He has a fantastic. Oh uh, yeah. Fantastic brain. He really does. He? I've always admired it, and sometimes I get. Um, I want his, like, intellectual approval. approval. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah. I would, too. It was so funny when he said, why are you saying Yale? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yale. How do you say it? Yale. 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 It's one syllable. It's, it's, I guess it's sort of tricky. Yale. 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 Am I still doing it? A little bit. Yale. Yale. 
Well, now I'm thinking too much Yale. about it. Oh, there's Harvard, Dartmouth, Yale. That's Brown. better. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe I have to say it in a group, a series. Um, hey, let's read a letter. Uh, okay, this is a letter from Alyssa Will. Subject, greetings from one pair of siblings to another. Dear Justin and Christian, my sister and I are currently living in the two separate states. I, Alyssa, am in California taking care of our 90-year-old grandpa Wow, while teaching high school singing and acting classes over Zoom. Cool. Must be fun or annoying. And Casey is in Illinois, uh, an English professor at a university maneuvering this complicated world of teaching during COVID while being so far away from family. Casey and I are very close and are used to traveling back and forth to see each other several times a year, but because of COVID, it has been nearly a year now since we've been able to see one another in person. She says, it's really rough not knowing if we'll ever be able to get together for the holidays this year. I stumbled on your podcast a few months ago and quickly had to share it with Casey. That's cool. Um, we're, hu- <laughs> we're huge Genslinger fans. <laughs> Genslinger. So the New Girl episodes were especially fun to listen to, but your sibling banter is such a highlight of every episode. As sisters who are always making fun of one another, coming up with bits and laughing over inside jokes, we found your dynamics so relatable. That's cool. Your podcast has been one of the things that we've been able to laugh about and connect over through this difficult time, and it's been a real comfort. Thank you for your honest and authentic discussions and all the laughs in between. Thank you, Alyssa. That is very nice. nice. Um, Casey, so back to Alyssa, Casey came up with a would you rather that's a little specific to us. Whoa, I'm I'm an opera singer and Casey's a huge fan of The Office, but we thought it could lead to some pretty profound debating. (laughs) Would you rather, okay, here we go. Would you rather have to spontaneously burst into song to express yourself... I feel like we've had we've that one. We've done this one. Like you are in a musical, but no one else is singing. We've done this. It's funny. I love this one. Or I wouldn't mind doing this one again. It's fun to think about. Uh-huh. Or break the fourth wall and narrate to the camera, <laughs> in quotes, talking about people who are currently around you like they're not there. I also love doing that. That's a fun bit that I used to, I used to do with an ex-girlfriend going, ah, can you believe this one? You see what I'm dealing with? You but know. but what's the camera in this case? But everyone can still hear and see. Um, just like off to the side? Yeah, yeah. Like I okay. used, yeah. Have you ever done that where it's like, are you kidding me with this one? You just kind of turn your head to like a fake camera. Uh, and, and, I, I guess I've seen you do that, maybe. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Ferris Bueller, by the way, they do that a lot in Ferris Bueller. But they do it to the camera. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Well, but just pretend like a camera. You know Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> is a movie, right? <laughs> but you just have to, ba- basically, you have to turn away from whoever you're I with. get it. Okay. I get it. All right. Um, in both of these, you are the only person doing this. Everyone else is just watching. Another catch is that you're singing, oh, your singing is not good. Oh. And always off key. And every time you break the fourth wall... Well, that makes it very hard for me to imagine. Every time... Yeah. Oh, try, if you can. It's hard. I've got a nice voice. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I can't imagine my voice not sounding like an angel. Uh, and every time you break the fourth wall, you have to reference Tom Brady's attractiveness. People would think you're a delusional homosexual. <laughs> yes. Constantly talking about Tom Brady. I mean, like... Uh, or singing, I guess I would. Uh, it, it singing would, off key. It would really it would be so hard to imagine singing off key. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Oh please, you're not that. You're not Pavarotti. We're like. No, I'm not. But I have I have a, a good <laughs> ear, so I know when I'm a little off key singing. And it's when you have a good ear, it's difficult to sing off key. Okay. It's difficult to do it on purpose. Uh, yeah, I guess so it's so. hard to imagine. Both would be annoying off. for people. But this, well, but but the uh, the talking would be. Can you be, sing it quietly? Here's the problem. The reason I would pick the singing is because uh, you would be like 
annoying and people would think you're weird, but the talking, if you're commenting on stuff that's going around you, on around you, you would be potentially very insulting to other people. Oh, right. Well, so I wouldn't want to take that chance. If I'm being honest... Well, she's not saying... If I read to... that correctly... She's not... Oh, if like you're, if you're honest commenta- commentary? Yeah, if, you, yeah, if oh, you're like, commenting on, like... Can you believe like, this guy? How boring this is? Right. Like, I gotta stay here and listen to this? That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, like... Because um, then you're gonna really alienate people. Well, because most of the people I talk to that I just encounter, like, let's say at the supermarket or in the neighborhood, it's like... There are some pretty snarky things I could say, you know, or like, I wouldn't, I, God forbid that comes out of my mouth in front of them. If the hypothetical is either sing everything like you're in a musical off key, off pitch, or just uh, talk to the quote unquote camera about Tom Brady, I think I'd rather do that. Yeah, but if I have to talk about the people yeah, around me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that. she says narrate to the camera talking about people who are currently around you like they're not there. Couldn't do that. I would say. Yeah, also like you could sing things like this, like... Right now we're recording a podcast, and it's, I don't have to be loud, but I'm still technically singing. And what are you doing afterwards? But that sounds too good. I think in this hypothetical, it would have to be. How do you know if it's off key? If it's not like a song, like a like right. an established song, like maybe that's the key I'm singing in, and I'm going thinking about maybe going to the grocery store. Is there a special on any sort of fish? Is that the end of the letter? Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> as much as I'm enjoying this. Uh, thank you for... Um, no, it is. Thanks for being you, Alyssa and Casey. That's really nice. Thanks, Alyssa. And Casey. They listen, but Casey I, didn't write it. I know, but Casey, Casey enjoys listens. the show, yeah. Thanks, Casey. Um, yeah, they're Genslinger fans. What do you think of when you hear Casey? What's the first name? Uh, ooh, Anthony, I just thought of. but that's Casey at the bat, uh, Casey in the Sunshine Band, Casey... You know Casey. the first thing that came to my wait, mind? Wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can guess the first thing. Casey, Casey, what? Casey and JoJo. Oh, my God. And then God. the second thing was Casey Kasem. Oh, Casey Kasem here. Oh, really? Yeah. Casey and JoJo. Yeah, of course. Not of course. It's not exactly <laughs> uh, a hip current reference. Of course. Casey and JoJo. Well, regardless, thank you, Casey. Thanks. Yeah. And Alyssa. Alyssa yeah. and Casey. Uh-huh. And thank you to John uh-huh. Hodgman, the brilliant, hysterical. That was yeah. one of the funniest oh, episodes yeah. we've had i would say really yep that's right up there that's well right, now right up there with the alec baldwin episode for me wow yeah you said and wow. max greenfield that was super funny too wow uh and i well he's such a great see what see what i mean we were talking he's about got a hell of a brain he's such a fucking rich beautiful oh brain. he also has a podcast that we should um yes judge to judge judge john, john hodgman, hodgman and it's on uh it's on every oh he's referenced it so many times we there's a lot of episodes yeah. It doesn't matter when they come out. Yeah, yeah. John's got a. In fact, I think he might have two podcasts, and he's got a new book coming out that is so funny. Um, it is Medallion Status, and it's it's going to be in pa- paperback. It is in paperback right now. It's out right now. Medallion Status. Uh, check it out. Follow him on Instagram. He's very funny. And if you guys want to write into the show, our email address is lifeisshort at wondery.com. And we will talk to you next week. Yes. Uh, oh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Right? It's coming up. Uh, sure is. Oh, boy. What are you going as? Um, I'm going as a sriracha bottle. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm so jealous of that costume because it's convenient, too. It's, and it's, right. it's perfect. you got a green. Christian's got a green hat with a little green tip of the sriracha. A sriracha bottle shirt. It's great. Ah, oh, you're so lucky. 
uh, we got these nice sweatshirts. You can get the same costume. We could both be sriracha bottles. You don't both have to be sriracha, sriracha bottles for Halloween. <laughs> That'd be funny. No, I think I, you know, I had an idea. I turned it into a cartoon. Um, did you see my cartoon about the uh, the kid who was that's funny not yeah. wearing a mask? So a bunch of kids are like trick or treating, and a guy's at the door about to give them candy, and one of them is not wearing a mask or any discernible discernible <laughs> costume, and uh, the kid just says, "Well, I am wearing a uh, I, uh, I am wearing a costume." No, no, not having a mask is my costume. More effective if you just look at the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I'm okay. bragging about it. Not. <laughs> This is old-fashioned comedy. The kids are like, oh, is this what you meant by old-fashioned comedy? Call da- comedy's dad jokes. Now. Yeah, dad jokes. But he says, uh, uh, not having a mask is my costume. I'm a selfish super spreader. All right. All right. I'll just put it on Instagram. <laughs> Once it doesn't get into the New Yorker. Happy Halloween. Ooh, do that. And if you're going to do any dance. Do the monster yeah. mash. <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. <laughs> I hope all of you have a... Smashing Halloween! Is that a good Monster Mash voice? Yeah, it's brilliant. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Uh, Life is Short has been hosted by me, Justin Long. It's co hosted and produced by you, Christian Long. <laughs> as well as. Megan Monaco. Senior producer is... Michelle. It's creepy Mish. Lance. <laughs> Audio engineer is... Sergio Enriquez. With our executive producers, the ever-diabolical... Marshall Louis. And... Hernan Lopez. <laughs> for whom? Wondery. <laughs> Ooh, look out for ghouls. Another podcast that might be frightening. Wait, what do you want him to get? It's called a body buff. <laughs> a body buff. <laughs> so. What is that? It's really nice. I. It sounds. I need it sounds more, more embarrassing than a facial. I, I, need, I can't I, believe I, there's I need, something. I need more information than it's really nice. <laughs> okay, so it's forty-five minutes. Oh, okay. Then so far, you're not any closer to finding out. It's using a cellular refining scrub. It's a hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> No. Omega 369. No, I don't think so. Skin is visibly smoother. You just don't want to be able to say that you've had rose oil. I don't think I can do that. Why? Um, Because I feel like any shred of masculinity I have now would be gone if I got something like that. Wait, will you describe the rose water thing again, Margaret?
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Life is Short ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. We have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. You're not your enemies. You never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now.